Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. This week, we will be talking with John Sims, who is the athletic director and PE teacher at St. Peter's, as we will be discussing uh, 5 by 2 in the home. So, John, uh, thank you for making the time to, to join us today on the podcast. To get us started, can you share a little bit about yourself and your role in, or roles at St. Peter? Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited. I am I'm a subscriber to the podcast, and I listen to it. It's, it's awesome. So I'm really honored to be on the show. Thank you. This is my third year here at St. Peter's. I'm the PE teacher and athletic director. It's my eighth year of teaching. I started out teaching at BCSC Elementary School and kind of taught all over the place. Rock Creek was my main school, but then I was at Parkside, Southside, Mount Healthy, and I really liked Rock Creek a lot. That was that was uh, my bread and butter there. And awesome school. All all the schools are awesome. But my wife and I, we have three kids. Their names are Jordan, Wes, and Matthew. Nine five and two. Been married nine years and spend most of our time with the kids at home or at sports and at church. So it's like one of those three places. One of those three places. Yeah. So you said you're a subscriber to our podcast, and we're pretty excited about that because you are a podcast celebrity yourself, I understand. (laughs) I wouldn't call myself a celebrity, but yes, I do have um, a podcast of my own. It's called Churchy with John Sims. I just talk about growing up as a PK. My father was a pastor, just retired after 47 years earlier in, uh, well, I guess not this year, but last year. I just talk about growing up, my brothers and sisters, there's five of us, and so we had uh, a great time growing up, a lot of fun stories, and I interview them and talk to a lot of different people and kind of have similar background and growing up experiences as myself. You mentioned earlier this year, and you're talking like most of us at work within school situations yeah. where we refer to a school year, yeah. and you talk to other people, and you'll say, no, that was last year. Oh, well, this school year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about your, your lovely bride. You said nine years. How did you guys meet? What you know? I know you're from Columbus originally, John, yeah. right? So I'm from Columbus, born and raised here. My wife, her and her family, they moved here when she was like five or six years old from Detroit, Michigan. And a gentleman at our church and her grandmother, they got married. And so when her grandmother moved here, she moved here with her mom and her grandmother. We're about four and a half, five years apart. So when she came to the church, I was like 11, you know, so I was just like, oh, little girl and stuff. But um, as we continue to grow up, you know, we've all got, both got older and I came back from school, from college one day, and I saw her. I was like, hey, you know, she's getting a little bit older, and, you know, she, she's pretty cute now. And so we ended up, you know, dating, and we ended up getting married, and we had our first, our first child together, Jordan. Kind of did things a little backwards, but thankful for God's grace, and things have been working out for us, and not without any tough times or anything like that, of course, but we're very excited about our family growing and a lot of exciting times. You know, Jordan, she just had her ninth birthday on the the 24th and Matthew just turned two on the 15th. So it's been pretty exciting this last few weeks, spring spring break and birthday parties and stuff. It's It's been great. Our little family that we have, our little party of five, so... Excellent. Well, now your kids are still young, but you already talked about being involved in a lot of sports. The days are coming up with three kids. You'll be going all over town, Yeah, right? yeah. Jordan, she does gymnastics at Victory Gymnastics. Does uh, She's playing soccer, just getting ready to start the soccer season. Well, 
they started practice last week, and then Wes is playing soccer as well, and he's getting into t-ball. So both of them are pretty busy, you know, all throughout the week. And so our weekends are going to be filled with spring soccer, awesome spring soccer season. <laughs> the that, weather that starts cold and ends blazing hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, Dustin, we were talking the other day. You're, I told you, I wouldn't mind if those soccer games got canceled, and they got canceled. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I think it would have been a muddy mess if they would have tried to have it. So, yeah. Um, and I do want to say, I mean, John, you came in, you came into your role here at St. Peter's really in the height of COVID, um, yeah. and as the, the athletic director and PE teacher, and man, you've navigated it well. Um, I know there's a lot of challenging times, and trying just to figure out all the newness and, and everything. So, yeah, as as an athletic director and PE teacher, you've you've done a great job. Just figuring all that out and hopefully things are a little bit more normal now as you're, you're figuring things out. So, yeah. And, and I think, you know, George, if you want to kind of get into the topic, but it, it connects really well with, with John's podcast that he's talking about. I think it connects really well with, with what we're talking about today. Well, yeah, I want to back up a little bit before we get into the topic. Not, not that uh, the topic is what we're going to hit eventually, but just to bridge us in a little bit, education, John, what, what caused you to want to become a teacher? Is that what you started for? Where did you go to, to college? Give, give us a little bit of that background. Um, so after high school, I graduated from Columbus East High School, and I was kind of on the fence whether I was going to go try to play college football or just go to another school. I mean, I was, I was, I think I like to think of myself as a decent athlete when I came out of high school, but wasn't very big, so not a lot of schools really looked at me or gave me a time of day. Really, so I was caught between uh, Anderson University and Indiana State University. Indiana State at the time, I'm not too familiar with their football program now, but they weren't very good in football. So I was like, I could go there and maybe try to walk on. And my buddy was going there. My sister had just graduated from there. But then uh, the coach from Anderson University was really interested in me and kept like harassing me. <laughs> uh, he, kept, he kept calling me and stuff. And so he called me late in the summer, I think it was July. And he's like, are you going to come here or not? And I said, okay, I'll come. So I told my mom and dad, and I think they're kind of shocked, like, what? And so I ended up going maybe a couple weeks later for, for football camp. I uh, graduated from there in 2010. Um, no, 2011, I took an extra extra semester, a little half victory lap there. And when I first came back here, I was working at FFY. I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was, I was a teaching major, a PE major, but um, I had some trouble finishing my, my testing, my practice tests and stuff, so I didn't have my teaching license yet. So I was pretty down on myself when I came back because I was like, oh, I kind of failed and felt like I wasted my parents' money and everything. And so when I uh, started working at FFY, I was working with the kids and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I really like this. And, and I ended up coaching football at East, and I was kind of substitute teaching during the day because school year, you know, there's no, no kids at FFY then, but then after school, that's when they all get there. So I was substitute teaching during the day at East, and then I would go to FFY or during football season, I would go coach football with um, Coach Gaddis. Coach Gaddis offered me a job since I was around. He's like, hey, you want to coach? And I said, sure. And he said, you're hired. And I was like, great. And so it was, it was really cool to work with him after him being my coach as well. So he was, he's been a great influence in my life as well. So, so then I think I, I got a TA job because I started to get older and getting off my parents' insurance. So I said, I need a job where I can get some uh, health insurance. And so I got a TA job at Schmidt and I worked with a lady named, oh, we, we called her H and Mrs. Horner. I was her TA in the life skills room there. 
and she she was an awesome teacher and she really inspired me and one day she said you know and she didn't really know too much about my background at all but she said you would be a good teacher and I said well thank you and so after that that really motivated me to pursue my my teaching career so I went to not back to school but I went to you know the superintendent at BCSC and I said you know what do I need to do to get my my teaching license and they told me what I needed to do so I took a lot of tests and I passed them all and ended up getting my license and then they hired me on at Schmidt there and I was teaching with Mrs. Marr and at Rock Creek and so from there that's when I just took off teaching and I've loved every every minute of it since then so I, I really enjoyed it when I was in school, but then when I started doing it, I was like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. So I continued that, and I was coaching still for a while until I came over here. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. Dustin and I were doing some work on some sound equipment up in the gym, and we were watching you interact with the kids in the roller skating (laughs) uh, segment of the uh, PE classes, and I was just impressed by your patience with them. and ability to talk to them on their level without belittling them. And so I think I would just want to compliment you. I think you do a great job as a teacher from my perspective. Thank you. So, uh, but that kind of bridges in what we really want to talk about because unfortunately, a lot of times in our world today, a lot is put upon teachers. Parents are going to expect teachers to make their kids behave and make their kids learn manners and and sometimes even, and I love our school, but there are some parents that say, I'm going to send our kids to a private school so that they can, the school can make them good people. And what we really have seen, those of us that work with youth and children, is that really faith and moral development all really start at home. And that's the primary location for bringing your child up. And so we want to talk a little bit to you about that, knowing that you are churchy. <laughs> And so some of the questions have to deal with like how that started and how you've continued in your family. Let's go back. You know, you were a, a PK, you were a pastor's kid, and you uh, grew up in that church home. How was faith talked about in that specific location in your home? Like I said, my my dad, he, he pastored for 47 years, so before I was even born. So I was just like born into that. And sometimes I feel like we spent more time at church than we did anywhere else, even the even the home. So we went to church all the time. I think Mondays were like the only days that we had off. And even sometimes Mondays, I would be at church with, with my mom and dad because they'd have meetings and different things like that. But um, at home, you know, my mom and dad were great examples and role models of, of Christians. You know, I never saw them uh, with each other, like fighting or arguing or anything like that. And all their interactions with other people that I had saw were always, you know, positive. I never saw them belittling anybody. They were very cautious with us. They didn't like to expose us to a lot of different things. We weren't allowed to watch certain things. We weren't allowed to listen to certain types of music, go certain places, even hang out with certain certain people. You know, they had to know their 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 parents. Um, where they lived at, <laughs> and, and all of that stuff. So and I, I really appreciate that, and I find myself doing the same things as I get older. I feel like I'm becoming more and more my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> saying a lot of the similar things and uh, doing some of the same things. But they were great examples and role models. You know, I, I talked about at my, my dad's retirement, or my mom and dad's retirement banquet, 
I remember waking up in the mornings, early in the morning sometimes, is just to you know, go to the restroom or try to sneak down and get a little snack or something like that. And I would always see my dad you know, on the couch you know, praying. He'd be on his hands and knees and be praying, and he'd be there you know, sometimes for hours um, in the morning, every, every morning. And sometimes I could hear him, you know, and, or sometimes I'd catch him, and he might take a little nap, and he'd wake up, and, and he'd be praying some more. And so that was always a consistent thing. I, could, I knew that you know, if I wake up at 5 o'clock, my dad's going to be down there praying on the, on the couch. And he had an amazing prayer life, and I think he also did that to continue to be a great example to us, to let us know that prayer and a relationship with Christ is extremely important and prob- the most, not probably, but the most important thing. So, John, it really sounds like your dad modeled the faith and not just preached it. You hear a lot of times about the PKs are horrible kids, you know, and they, they're all rebellious and they do all the things to prove that they're not that good. Uh, why do you think that PKs get that reputation? Did you have a rebellious time when you were growing up? So um, I'm the youngest. I have two brothers and two sisters. And being the youngest, I had, I think, maybe almost kind of like an advantage to sit back and watch and see what what works and what doesn't work and I watched my brothers they struggled for a while and they they rebelled they had some very you know trying times and stuff so I watched what they did and I knew that if I went the same path and did the same things uh, in the same way then I would end up in the same boat more than likely so I tried to steer clear some of those things now I was not perfect at all still not perfect and so I definitely had my times where I tried to go against the grain but it always worked out like that my dad was always right. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, man, that really doesn't work. <laughs> Even if I try to do it this way, it, it still does. It's still not going to work. And then as I get older, I understand more. And, like, that's why I wasn't allowed to do this. And that's why he did this this way. And so I'm, I'm figuring that out as I get older and with my own family. You mentioned earlier about things that your dad did. You kind of had that list, and you said now you're seeing yourself doing that. And it reminds me a little bit of those like progressive commercials where it's like you know <laughs> yeah. becoming like your parents yeah. and all that. And oh so, yeah. Um, I always you know always laugh at those because a lot of the I I see the same things like man I'm my dad said that or my dad does <laughs> yeah. that. It's like I'm I'm becoming like my dad. Mm-hmm. But but as you mentioned that and you you know you talking about those things that you learned from him and how he modeled that how like now as a a husband and and a father how do you now talk about faith in your home and you know and live it out so Mm -hmm. that your kids can see that my my wife she calls me charles sometimes that's my dad's name she's like okay charles (laughs) she gets annoyed with me when i'm doing certain things like you sound just like your dad my children jordan she's she's very she likes she asks a lot of questions i think she processes things like out loud a lot and she for the most part, I think she, whenever she has a question about something, she comes to me and asks. So, I mean, my all my kids are their personalities are completely different from each other. So, yeah, my I guess parenting style with all of them are a little bit different. But I find that bedtime for us is like the best time, and it's always tough getting everybody to bed. But I I try my best every night to you know talk with them about whatever is going on, you know, in in their lives. How's, what are you doing at school or if they have any questions about anything. So here lately, Jordan and I, we've been talking a lot about baptism. And uh, she, she told me the other day she wanted to be baptized. And I was like, oh, that is amazing. That's great. So we've been talking about what it means to be baptized and uh, what it represents and, and all that stuff uh, a little bit each night. We always 
pray together every night in the mornings when I, when I get to take them to school. We always pray for school and we have our little our, our scriptures and Bible verses that we we recite and stuff and that comes directly from my my mom and dad when they took me to school in the mornings we'd drive in the car and we'd pray and then each one of us in the car would have to give a bible verse and and stuff so we have some that we're memorizing and working on and i try to change them up and wes wes is only five so he thinks that every bible verse is a prayer so after every verse he says amen (laughs) (laughs) Um, so but we we pray and before we eat our meals and stuff and they've kind of turned it into a competition like who can do the most prayers and uh Wes he goes he does our bedtime prayer and morning prayer before we eat every meal and everything but with with Jordan she's she's third grade now I find that she's getting exposed to a lot of things she goes to Clifton Creek and she's in the legato program over there so she's she's learning spanish she's been there since pre-k and so she's about she's fluent in spanish now reading and writing as well so we've been really excited about that and wes just started the program as well other than that though if, if they didn't have that program over there she'd be over here she is exposed to a lot being over there and then just stuff on TV and video games and stuff like that. And so she, she'll ask a lot of questions and we try to give her the opportunity to ask questions when, whenever she needs to like, know it like, Hey, it's okay to, you know, be curious about these different things and what this means. And and she asked me the other day, like, what does non-binary mean? And I'm like, Oh wow! <laughs> so, we what grade a, is that? What grade? Yeah, she's third grade. Third grade. And, and she she saw that on a video game on one of, one of the apps. She's choosing her like avatar, and it was like you can be male, female, or non-binary. So we had to you know talk about that, and and so I was like, man, this is coming like earlier than what I expected. So we we try to have an open uh, open you know dialogue with her, and I try to break things down to her on a way that she can understand. Uh, level that she can understand. Same thing with Wes. You know, Wes is five, so I have to break it down even more to him. We we try to do that, and, and I try to stay consistent in bedtime, which is I could probably pick a better time, but it seems like that's the most consistent yeah. time for us to. We have some really hot topics in our society, and Christian parents really need to be aware of them. Mm-hmm. You can't say I'm not going to answer those, or we're just going to ignore them because the kids find them in the yeah. unusual places. Who would mm-hmm. think about a game would be. Yeah. having to bring up the the whole gender issue. We as Christians need to be prepared. And I think what you've shared with us is a great way to do that, is start those conversations young and be willing to answer those questions as parents and say, you know, even as a parent, sometimes you go, you know what, I don't know the answer to that either. Let's look it up together. Which, let's study it together. So. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah, a huge what you talked about, just that the being open where the kids can feel free to ask those questions. I think that's, that's important for all of us, even as adults, right? To have those spaces where we can ask those questions. And, you know, that's what we're trying to really do with discipleship groups here too, is have that place where people can come and and feel comfortable to ask those questions. And like George said, we don't necessarily always have the answers, but it's like, all right, well, let's, let's figure it out together. Um, And as you're talking, I I don't think you necessarily intentionally did this, but just as you're saying those different things, like you're touching like on all the different five by two pieces, you know, you talked about the Bible verses, you know, with scripture and the prayer. And then, you know, the big one, I think that, that comes to mind is the meaningful conversations. And that's what you're having with your kids and looking for those opportunities. So for those of you that don't know, Sarah, my wife, Sarah and I were, were foster parents. And so when we have kids in our home, 
home, it's kind of the same thing. Bedtime is like the is one of the the key times for us to be able to do Bible stories, do prayer time, and and honestly, it's one of the times where they'll talk more because they're like, well, I'm gonna avoid avoid going to sleep, so I'll talk right now. It's like, okay, well, yeah. you know, and so we may be like, all right, we're gonna move bedtime up maybe 15 minutes to you know to manage that time, knowing okay, they're gonna ask yeah. a bunch of questions or want to talk here. So, but yeah, I think those just having that that openness where they can ask questions, and yeah, I think it's just it's. For us, the other thing for me is even in those times of discipline too, of like, you know, instead of trying, there's times where maybe I get frustrated, like, why did you do that or whatever? It's like, I start asking myself the question, how can I apply the gospel here? And so that's helped me in in my, you know, um, I feel like parenting and, and disciplining of the kids of like, how can I bring it back to the gospel here in this situation to help teach them and to, you know, connect everything back to Jesus. So, Yeah. And I think, John, you said something else that I just want to bring out because a lot of times as, as adults, we're get we're busy. We're thinking about this and that we want to just get in and get out. So let's go in and we'll say prayers. And but making that time available, there's not every night when you have those deep conversations, but making that time and, and setting that pattern up, you know, that we're going to talk about life. And if, if we need to, we're going to take an extra 15 minutes. I think it's huge to realize kids need time. It's not just quality time, but it's quantity time because you don't get the quality if you don't have the quantity because they're not always ready to talk. You know, at, at bedtime when they're trying to delay sleep, <laughs> you know, they've got an ulterior motive. But, you know, you, you hit them earlier and they're going to want to be on the video game. They're going to be outside because it's still nice outside you've got to be willing to flex there and be there for them to have those meaningful conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we've created a, a routine almost. And, and so when it, it was like the cutest thing in the world, my, my daughter came in the other day. She's like, you know, daddy, you, you didn't say your prayers for me. I can't sleep. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and now when she goes to spend a night over a friend's house or something like that, she'll call me. And she's like, can you say your prayers for me? And I'm like, oh, man, absolutely I can. That's or, awesome. Um, if I'm here late for a basketball game or something, I'll, I'll FaceTime them. And they're like, all right, we'll say our prayers before we go to bed. And and so that's been that's been really cool. Like, I've really, I'm like, man, I feel like it's like taking, taking root. And a little proud of that as a parent. That's excellent. Well, and, and you've established that pattern, so it, it'll probably stick on. You know, there's always those times when kids get to be teenagers and they go, "Well, I don't need that anymore." But then every now and then they'll yeah. go, "Can you come pray prayers with me?" But for those folks that haven't set up that pattern, you're a teacher. Now's your chance to teach other parents. What are some steps that other parents could take to establish that kind of a pattern? They don't have it. I knew you probably started it very young with your kids, right? Yeah, I think we've always sent you know. Jordan, starting with Jordan, I think we've done that with her always. And I, yeah, I started myself, you know, and I haven't. I feel like at this point in time in my life, this is probably you know the strongest I've been in my faith and um, my relationship with Christ, which I'm very proud of. I'm not, you know, perfect, and I'm not where I want to be, but I feel like this is the best that I've been. And so I had to establish that within myself at first. You know, I had to you know get in. You know, I can't teach. I feel like I I don't want to teach other people to do stuff that I'm not doing. I had to do it within myself first, you know, and 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 also maybe maybe at the same time too, you know. I guess not wait all the way until I'm, you know, perf not perfect but consistent all the way. I think that's a great place to start with yourself and making sure that you are to teach something. I really do like a deep dive into stuff to understand it so then I can I'm a better teacher at it. So whatever 
topic you're going to be talking about, whether it's baptism, like I'm talking about with with Jordan a lot right now, or anything else, you know, you start with basic Bible stories. We had one of our first little books that she could read was, you know, the children's Bible. So she was so excited to read. It was like, hey, let's read this. You know, so we started, you know, going through the stories and, you know, Genesis in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we started talking about, you know, just some of that stuff. And then as you, you know, progress in that, you know, you, you begin to learn a little bit more of yourself and you can teach that to your kids. Picking a time and just starting a routine, like you got to start somewhere. So don't get discouraged. You don't have to wait till you're, you know, all completely perfect, but you got to start somewhere and then, you know, continue to progress and try to make that into the, the, the culture of your, of your home. So, I mean, everybody knows that like bedtime, we're going to, we're going to at least at the minimum, we're at least going to say our prayers and do our little memory Bible verses as at, at the minimum. And sometimes you know, my wife is like, they need to go to bed, like hurry up. <laughs> like well, we got to talk about it really quick. And so I get in trouble sometimes. You think with your background as an athlete and as a, as a coach and a PE teacher, if anybody's going to grow in their athletic ability, they got to start somewhere mm-hmm. and you work your way up. And I think that's a great application for our Christian life too. start somewhere, you know, wherever you're at and then practice those five by two disciplines that we talk about and build yourself up in the faith. But you can be, you know, you could be sharing where you're at and be honest. I think that's a, another thing that parents need to be honest and like, I'm, I'm not where I need to be son, but um, you know, I'm trying to grow. And so I'd like to share this with you. Yeah. I think that's just such an important point that you brought up, John, of like making sure that we're doing that ourselves. And, you know, to George's point, doesn't mean like, like you have to, like you said, John too, like you don't have to be perfect to start, but it might be like, you know, showing your kids, like I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure this out too, you know, and just being open and honest with them. Um, but I think that's such an important point of, you modeling that as, as a, as a parent and them seeing that, like, as you said, you don't want to teach something to your kids that he's like, yeah, you need to do this, but I'm not going to do that type of thing. Cause you even brought up the, the story with your dad, you know, you, you coming down in, in the morning, you know, to get a snack or whatever and him modeling that without, I mean, he wasn't doing that for you to see it, but him, you know, praying on the couch, you know, on hands, hands and knees. And like you, you, I think that probably stuck to you right like you see your dad modeling that and then now you're doing the same types of things with your kids which is just awesome see I think that's important because same way like for me it's when I'm you know I brought it up earlier but being in a discipleship group has been huge for me that accountability of, of brothers in Christ and meeting on a regular basis and the biggest thing is being consistent in, the, in God's word and then coming together and talking about it with my brothers in Christ, then I start to feel more confident that I can talk about things. Cause you know, like same thing we have, you know, like a kid's kid's story Bible that we'll read with the kids. And as we're going through it, I feel more confident because sometimes like, Oh, I just, I just read that myself and, you know, and yeah. I can add some details to it and, and talk about it. So it gives me more confidence when I'm talking with the kids. And I think the ways that we can find it more where it becomes more natural and, and, and that's what you're doing is just being able to weave it into all of life. But you know, I think a good starting point is getting, depending on the, on your kid's age, but you know, it might just be, Hey, we're going to pray together, you know, over a meal and then we're going to pray together in the evening. And you know, if it's younger kids, especially doing some sort of Bible story, but even if it's older kids, like, Hey, we're just going to open the Bible and we're going to read through this chapter or something together and, and talk about it. I mean, just finding those simple ways to get started. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, Dustin, how many of your dad's traits you picked up. And, and John, you mentioned that too. And I kind of think back, my parents, just certain things they did without sitting down and teaching me that that was, 
just by them doing it, you know. So my parents were always involved in service. I remember that we'd volunteer to come do church cleaning. We'd have our rotation to clean the church or, you know, they would serve in various boards or whatever. And then the thing that I remember from very early on, before it was the big thing with small groups, 50 years ago, my parents had a small group in their home. So those are things that indirectly influence me. And I think parents really need to realize your kids are learning from you all the time, whether you intend to or not. Everything you do and say really comes across to your kids. And so I think we were super impressed that you said you saw in your dad and your mom those things that they taught in the church. Because I think that is where we have so many kids that step away from the church because they're pushed into it by their parents that want you got to go to church to make you a better person. But it doesn't impact their parents at all. Mm-hmm. And that inconsistency they see. And so, again, our kids can see that we're not human. But when we admit our failures, we can ask them for forgiveness. We can ask them to help us to remember to do things. Daddy, you didn't say prayers. Can we say prayers? Yeah. And it, it's like a, it sticks you. But, like, yeah, I need to do that. I need mm-hmm. that reminder. Yeah, and, and I would, would like to say that you know, I'm not definitely not perfect. So I, and I make mistakes, and I make a lot of mistakes in front of the kids and stuff. So whenever I can, I try to go back and – and tell them like, hey, I, I shouldn't have, you know, talked to your mom and I were in a heated discussion. You know, I shouldn't have talked to her that way, and that's not the way I should have done things. And and then, like you said, I try to tie things into to Christ. So when I make a mistake, I I'm try I try and I also apologize to my wife, but I I try to let the kids know like, hey, that's not okay that I did this. Even even though I'm I'm dad, but I'm still made a mistake and I shouldn't have did it this this way and this this is what I should have did instead and and also when they mess up I have to discipline them like you said I tried to do the same thing like lied about taking a shower you know so you know that's not what we're supposed to do you know what should we have done instead you know so we talk about things like that as well yeah we have to model repentance and forgiveness mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah that's so important because just being open and vulnerable with with your kids and showing them because they're going to make, we all make mistakes, right? So they're going to, you know, they're going to do similar things and make mistakes. And so by you modeling to me and say, Hey, I, I messed up here. And yeah, yeah. Like you said, George modeling repentance and forgiveness. Yeah. That's, that's just part of it. So yeah, that's, that's great, man. Great stuff. Well, John, we've had a great time with you. We'll have to have you back on because we could ask you a thousand questions. Dustin, do you have anything you want to wrap up with? No, I just, John, thank you so much, man. That was, that was awesome stuff. And it's just, and you know, we've been talking in the, the vision series recently, like passing on to the next generation. So it's so cool to hear about your mom and dad and with your family and passing on to you and now you modeling and doing that with your kids to pass it on to them. So I just... Yeah, it's just awesome stuff, man. So thank you for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I've enjoyed myself. And yeah, I'd love to come back again. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to continuing these uh, discipleship discussions and talking about the 5 by 2 Now go out and serve God and others. 